Hey, hey, everybody. We are so excited to be here today. We hope everybody is having a great start to the week. We have Bobby Heron with the Bees Knees Agency, so we will bring her on here in just a second. Before I do that, if you are watching this, please go share this podcast, comment, like, anything that you can do to uh, share with your friends. All right, so I will bring Bobby on now. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am living the dream as usual, having a great day. Yes. We are so happy to have you on. This is so long overdue, but I think that uh, I think the buildup is there, and I'm so excited that you came on with us. Yes. We're I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so excited for you. We're going to try our best to um, end this at our normal 30 minutes, but we... No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but we will not cut it off in the middle of a conversation, so... Bobby, if you don't mind, you know, give everybody a quick introduction. Um, I'm sure everybody already knows you, but you know, who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Yeah, so uh, so I'm Bobby Heron, uh, and I live up in Michigan. I own the Bees Knees Automotive Agency, which is a agency that I started while I worked in automotive on the dealer side for gosh, it's been 22 years total, but about 15 years. And I used to get so mad at the vendors for the skeletons in the closet and for all the shady things that happened behind the scenes. And I started standing on stages and fighting for dealers. And yep. then I decided that I wanted to open an agency that works on matchmaking for dealers. So mm -hmm. we do consulting uh, for operations and for buy sells for leadership and management. We do training for sales, for the office, for leadership, for BDC, for all those things. Uh, and we work with technology processes, AI, CRMs, uh, and we match make dealers with the correct vendor based on their people and process, not on a kickback, not because we heard about it in a 20 group, mm -hmm. uh, but that's our matchmaking service. So that's what we do. But I always joke and say, I mostly get paid to run around the country and make friends and help people win, which I love. So hey, exactly. it's a lot of fun. Best career ever. Is there anything it you really do? That's what I was going to ask too. Well, well, I'm not great at cooking. I'm learning. <laughs> my best friend is a, a, a southern gem and she's been teaching me a couple of years ago i could burn water no joke started a fire one time yeah but i'm domesticating myself slowly but surely i think um i have adhd superpowers people always think that that is a bad thing but it turns out i rabbit hole into stuff and and learn pretty quickly and i really enjoy learning new things so i've been pretty blessed I love that. Yeah, you do. You do so much. I was going to ask the same thing. Like, is there anything that you don't do? But I guess cooking is on that list. So that's good. <laughs> when I we go to visit Bobby, it's takeout only. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're getting better. Like Alicia said, I make biscuits and gravy and that's like my killer thing. But that's what I make for everybody. So they think that I'm good at it. And, and that's how we roll. Yeah. But by design, my tribe around me, uh, their skill sets are all things that I'm not great at. And I think that's the best way to design a tribe of people around you. So we've got somebody for everything. <laughs> So we had a really, really good call earlier this morning, you know, yeah. did a quick catch up call before the show. And I learned something about you and how passionate you are about mindset and leadership. And I'm just curious, you know, did that stem from somewhere? Have you always have you always been so passionate about that? Yeah, I mean, I have. But I got to say when a couple of years ago, like six years ago, some people know and some people don't. I almost died. I picked up a super freak bug on an airplane. Uh, and how the CDC that was involved explained it to me was that two things got together and they had a little baby. And it was one of the few times in the country and it almost killed me. And I was working to the grindstone every day for somebody else. And I was burning the, you know, burning at both ends all the time. And it was in those moments that I decided that I needed to focus on myself and what was important to me. 
and start the company. And so I realized really early on that if you want to be really good at something, you have to already believe that you are because the way that your mind works is that it's not designed to help you be ambitious. It's designed to keep you safe. And so I think I was telling you guys earlier about Mel Robbins, who's one of my favorite speakers, and she explains how cortisol works in your brain. It's designed to stop you, right? So even if you just think of something that you're stressed out about, or you think about things that you can't accomplish, your brain will take over, your body will take over and tell you that you can't. Uh, and so when I designed the tribe of people around me, I chose people that I knew would lift me and empower me, but also hold me accountable. And I think that makes a huge difference. And I believe that to be true for all teams that people work with. I work on high performance culture a lot, high grossing sales teams, and do that through through not just goal setting, but through mindset and through helping them believe that they are already there instead of waiting to feel that way when you get there, because that's not how it works. I love that so much. And I think that people generally, um, they want those friendships that lift them up. But I think that accountability is a hard thing for the majority yeah. of people. And so whenever a friend is holding you accountable, sometimes it can feel like an attack. And I love mm -hmm. and set around it and how you have to have the best of both worlds for, yeah. for any relationship, tribe or family to um, live cohesively. Yeah, you become the people you surround yourself with, right? People are like escalators, elevators, they'll bring you up or they'll bring you down. And I found like Jennifer Briggs is my best friend, right? And and what she does for me is like I use that Mel Robbins philosophy of five, four, three, two, one. So if I'm not holding myself accountable in something, it doesn't have to feel like judgment because she doesn't have to say to me, uh, you're really not getting this done. What are you thinking? Instead, she can say five, four, three, two, one or NASA. And that to me feels like, okay, that was a check. That was a reminder without it feeling like a judgment. And we have a tendency in society, especially as women, to feel judgment from the things that we hear because we're taught our whole life, we're conditioned that all the best parts of us are about somebody else. Yep. If you're a good mom, why are you a good mom? Oh, because you're with the kids all the time and your kids are doing great. Or if you're a good partner, why are you a good partner? Because of how they felt. If you're successful in life, why are you successful? Because of something you did for somebody else. And so we're not conditioned to understand that it's about us first and then about everybody else. Exactly. Then, yep. You have to love yourself first to be able to have any love to give to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and even yeah. when, when you mention, you know, um, when you've made it somewhere, like when you've, um, you know, saying, you know, this is where I want to get in life or whatever, or yeah. I want to be something. How can you even measure saying I've made it, mm -hmm. you know, at you what don't. point will you say this is enough or I've, I'm successful. Okay. What is successful? Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you know? Because compared to, you know, some of the employees that we have here, maybe I look successful, mm -hmm. but yeah. compared to Mel Robbins or Tony Robbins or, um, uh, Gary B. Right. I'm not successful. So, right. Right. so when, so what is success? It's such a measure that you set for yourself. So it's, so it's, it's impossible. Don't, don't ever be looking for the next thing. Take a moment to stop and yeah. be successful or to be grateful for the success mm -hmm. that you currently have. Be grateful for every step that you've made it that you weren't at yesterday. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like how high performance culture works, you think about sports teams, right? I use this baseball analogy a lot that you don't win games and home runs. You win them by hitting for space and having somebody else hit you in. But if you watch a sports team, when they're not playing, they're practicing and they're cheering each other on, whether they're winning or they're failing, you have to celebrate every failure as strong as you celebrate every success because it's where we learn most from. Most mm -hmm. of the things that I'm good at and I know how to do didn't happen because I woke up one day and I was like, wow, I'm going to kill it. This is going to be awesome. It happened because I woke up and went, I'm going to try this and a failure happened and then I had to reevaluate it. And so when you think about being successful, 
you have to determine the KPI for that. What does it look like? You can't just say, um, being successful to me means feeling great about myself because then on the days when you don't feel great and there will be days that you don't, you'll feel like you failed. Instead, it has to be a number that you can use and the steps you use to get there so that you know that it's happening so that you can win. Otherwise, you focus just on the things that you failed at and you leave no opportunity for when, I mean, we experience it in our business all the time, right? Everything in automotive is by the month, right? You're either a winner or a loser and you start all over at the beginning of the month, but what a crazy goal to have to say, I have to determine by month if I won. Mm -hmm. So instead, if it's like, I'm gonna sell 20 cars or I'm gonna set 200 appointments, it has to break down into weeks and it has to break down into days so that at the end of the day, you can accept what happened, change a behavior and then start fresh the next day. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it will never feel like that. Exactly. Well, and I think that so often success and failure, like they feel like the same thing in the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, you, yeah. you're not going to be successful until you fail and you fail and you yeah. fail again. And I think mm -hmm. that that's, that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people that are just starting out as well. I yeah. mean, they, they want that overnight success who doesn't, um, mm -hmm. but the failure is going to teach you a lot more and it's going to get you a lot farther. Well, and one of the yeah. things that we've learned from, from, and I think we even talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, we went through a book, um, John C. Maxwell's book, The 21 Irrefutable mm -hmm. Laws of Leadership, and spoke yep. about uh, one of the laws in there is the law of the big mo, which is momentum, which mm -hmm. can swing you in either direction in success Absolutely. or failure up the hill or down the hill. And yep. we saw it back in February. We had a... Um, we don't talk about it a lot. We don't talk about we, it a lot. We call February the hell month. Yeah. Happened, <laughs> oddly enough, it happened two years in a row for us. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was. Um, two years in a row in February, we had a really bad downward downward crash. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had an influx of managers leave at the same time that we had an influx of stores leave. Yeah. And, um, and coming back out of that, because we just kept feeling the loss, the defeat, yep. the defeat. Mm -hmm. This year was definitely worse because I think that we just kept focusing on the loss and what do we do to recoup yep. the loss? What do we do to, to yep. bring back yep. the loss or um, focusing on the word loss instead of, yep. you know, coming, coming back around it. And um, what do we do to bring back the wealth mm -hmm. or right. focus on the positive aspect of it? Um, and we finally found that thing and we just decided, you know, all of the things that we were going to do mm -hmm. uh, to succeed anyways, in spite of the yes. loss and to find a way to make it work. And now we're on the other side of that and we're on the upward side of the mo. Yep. And, oh my God. It's <laughs> Isn't it though? Because nothing, I mean, if you think about it for a second uh, and it's a wild guess, cause I wasn't there, but I would guess that the entire month of February wasn't bad. There were days that were bad. And when you look at it, it feels like it all happened during that time. Like there had to have been a Friday somewhere in there where nothing bad that was actually bad happened, but that it was thought of or that it could have. She's like, no, every single day. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, it, that's it, was, it. From now on, we take Friday, we take February's off. That's it. It's game yeah, over. <laughs> it was blow after blow after blow in February. It was crazy. I don't but know. You know we had, we had boot camp. Boot camp wasn't all bad. I wasn't at boot camp. I was stuck here. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Robin and I were right. at boot camp, we had like three cancellations. Three cancellations. <laughs> two managers issue their two weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, like what's yeah. happening? <laughs> well, and it never feels worse than when it feels like it's out of our control. When we're right. not presently there or we're by ourselves and our partner isn't there, nothing can possibly feel worse than it. But the truth is like every no is an opportunity for a yes. 
every moment that feels awful is an opportunity to feel better as soon as you allow yourself to. And momentum is real. It's a real thing because it controls your mindset. It helps you decide if you're capable or not. Mm -hmm. And if you have enough moments that swing you in the opposite direction, you will forget that you can actually do it. You'll forget how good you are. You'll start to experience executive dysfunction. And it happens to all of us, every single one of us. I stand on stages all the time. I run a wildly successful business and I feel the same thing as everybody else does all the time. It's not any different, but society has conditioned us to compete with other people, even when we're not trying to. And so we look at successes, like how is somebody else doing? Or how is this company doing? Instead of what can I do that's better for me? And we focus on that because we establish our KPIs that way, because we don't always know what the KPI should be, like what's the level that counts. And so we look to others for what their level is that counts. But all those other people that we look to, they feel the same thing. They feel every failure just as hard. Mm -hmm. And and like anything else in life, it's really easy to give advice. It's really hard to take it yourself, right? Really hard. It is. Well, and I think that all of that, I mean, one thing that I know that Shasta and I for sure have both struggled with, and Bobby, from what you've said, I'm sure that you have also struggled with this mm -hmm. as well, is that um, a lot of that looks and is the exact same as imposter syndrome. Yeah, sure it's executive dysfunction. Anybody watching this that has never experienced yeah. it before. I would bet that everybody who's watching this has experienced it, but we have this fear of what other people will think of us that it almost conflicts with our own goals. We have we have two things happening all the time. One, we have what we establish as being a goal or a success, and then we have what other people do. And so we walk this fine line of what other people will think and what they'll see in us versus what we see in ourselves. And when that happens, you have to reset the momentum and the motivation and tell yourself that other person is feeling the same thing. And especially with imposter syndrome, sometimes I get called to speak on things or to stand on stages. And every single time I have to remind myself that I earned this right and that I deserve it. But also that I can't be cocky and think that I know it all because I need to learn from everybody around me, every audience member, every other person, so that I can stay at that level. Right. And it's impossible not to care what other people think. Like a lot of us have the defense mechanism to be like, I don't care what other people think, but that's bullshit. That's not real. <laughs> you absolutely do. Our whole society is conditioned to fit in. Mm -hmm. Everything is about sitting at the right table. Everything is about being in the right class. Everything is about running with the right crew, like whatever it is. And we're conditioned to have that matter to us. So we can make a conscious choice that it doesn't define us, but we are not really able to make a conscious choice that it doesn't matter. Is it, is it not the hardest thing in the world to, to force yourself to be confident in your knowledge and ability without getting too cocky and being like, yeah. you know, also knowing that you have more, I mean, that balance of not putting yourself back into the place of imposter syndrome while also finding the place of confidence, like that's such a fine line. It's paper thin. It's mm -hmm. thinner than paper thin. It's because other people knock you into it. Like I can go online and be like, dude, I'm loving my hair today. It's doing exactly what I want. It looks phenomenal. I'm feeling awesome. I'm having this great day. I'm just kicking ass all over the place. And somebody, somebody will say or do something to say like, oh, you're being cocky. Mm -hmm. Instead of celebrating and saying, you know what? Good for you. And the minute that that happens, we withdraw in and go, well, wait, was I? And we have to reevaluate it. And those are the kind of people that as you see this, you can try to help them change. And if not, you need to kick them out of your life. Mm -hmm. They're not the people that you want to be around. There's nobody that is a bigger cheerleader for me in my life. 
outside of my mother, which I think she has to be. She hugged me too much as a child. It's a whole thing. But outside of her, there is nobody in my life that is a bigger cheerleader for me than my best friends and especially Jennifer. And it doesn't matter if I'm winning and she's not in a moment or if we're, we're on par for some of the same things. There's not one person in my life who cheers me on harder than her or that holds me more accountable than she does. And when I have those moments, when I see that stuff, I immediately call her and I go, oh, seriously, like, did this come across that way? I, I really pride myself on being a master of communication or trying to and consistently learning. And even I know that words on paper are different than what we say. So when we text something or we post something, hi, Jenna, when we post something, uh, we don't know how somebody's going to interpret it. They interpret what they want to hear, not what we meant. And that goes along with their own reference points and their own things. So you really have to be conscious that when you're starting to feel imposter syndrome or you're starting to feel you got to just check yourself and say, am I, or am I just sharing a story? Am I just being confident? Right. right. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. And Jenna, who's on there right now is uh, Elise, whatever. <laughs> Elise is in my tribe too. And Jenna is, uh, Jenna's daughter is my fairy goddaughter. I get to be Aww. her fairy god boss. I know I'm not present enough, but I buy her things like swing sets. And when she's like 10, I'll be around more. But <laughs> Jenna also worked on my team for a really long time. And is still one of my tribe members and helps me lift as well. I love, I love that. that. That is amazing. And I, you have built such a tribe. I mean, in your your aura just attracts so many amazing women. I mean, you can see it. I mean, there's so many people in the comments here that I've never yep. seen on a single one of our shows before. <laughs> and it just it just goes to show that that you have um, you know, that that wonderful ability to attract people. And it's because you're the kind of woman in the automotive industry that helps bring others up. I mean, there's never been a time that I've reached out to you that you haven't helped, that you haven't been willing to, you know, extend a hand, even though there's been times where there may be times where we're, you know, maybe in the same space, yeah. or do the same thing or anything like mm -hmm. that. But you've never, you've never hesitated to help me in any, any, anything whatsoever. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And genuinely, that's my intention. I, I also believe that for every woman and, and every man too, I don't mean to make it just about women, but it, it is so much harder sometimes for women to feel those things that it's so important to focus on it. But for every woman that I help with something, whether it's, can you help me find a top or can you help me change a business? The next time somebody asks them, they'll have a reference point to do the same thing. And so the only way that you can change an industry, the only way that you can change a group of people is to show them the kindness that you want them to show other people. Like I can't control what somebody else does, but if everything I do is intentional and genuine, then I can help make sure that they have a reference point for that as well. And I think that's wildly important. I did not get to where I am by myself. There is no way that I would have any of the success that I have or any of the opportunities that have been given to me or any of the relationships and connections that I have if those weren't conscious choices all the time. It's changed my whole life. And like Jenna's on there jailbreaking our friends out of hospitals. Jenna and I... <laughs> Jenna and I shared a very good friend who worked on my team and on the same team as her who died of cancer. And uh, I was the guardian for her things and her trust advisor. It was the hardest job I've ever taken on. And I took it on so that her children didn't have to. And I needed to break into a hospital <laughs> and uh, when nobody could go in and I've needed to break out of a hospital. And Jenna has the kind of friend, these are the kind of friends you want, right? Jenna has sat in a parking lot for 10 hours when I refused to talk to anybody while I sat in a hospital, just so that if I wanted to walk outside, she was there with no commitment, no uh, anything. But again, that goes to who you build around you. You have to cut out the people who make you feel like you're less than. Give them an opportunity to change, but then recognize that you can be around them, but they can't sit at your table with you. And it's not because they're not good enough or they don't have value. It's just because that's not the table that they belong at because that's not the right table for you to be at. 
Right. Well, it takes twice mm-hmm. as much energy to to rebuild something that somebody else has tore down than it does to even build yourself the first. Right. So, you know, why why even try when you know you can just yeah. Sorry, I don't I don't have the energy right. for you today, bud. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I can't do this right now. It's um we are our worst critics. Society is going to be so hard on you that you don't need to be hard on yourself. If you fail at something, it's okay to just say, I failed at that. Failure does not have to feel like an end-all be-all or that you're not enough or you're not worthy. It is as simple as saying, I failed at that and I'm not going to change the goal, but I'm going to change the strategy. Maybe I'm going to try this instead, or maybe I'm going to do this. And doing that is hard. It's a rewire of your brain. So short of jumping on some psilocybin and just rewiring your entire brain, you have to make a conscious choice and that's intentional. And it usually only happens when there's a major milestone in your life, a death, a divorce, a change in job. Uh, those are the things that force us to make changes. Other than that, it has to be conscious. And that is not an easy road to take, but it's, it's necessary. It's the only way that you can actually be successful at whatever you're trying to do, whether it's your job, it's your career, it's being a mom, it's being a friend. I fail all the time. I just failed at something this week in a relationship uh, where my reaction wasn't what it should have been. Do I know better than that? Absolutely. I know better than that. Did my emotions override my logic? A hundred percent. Did I say and do things that I shouldn't have? Yes. And even though I teach communication and psychology, it doesn't mean that I fail too. And I think that right. people- We lost your audio. Well, I feel like this is like the perfect time to lead into the yes, the fuck you can. Right? Um, I'm so excited. I cannot wait for you to talk about this and tell everybody else what you have been up to because I kind of hinted to it whenever I did the pre-show promotions. Um, so what is the next, the newest big thing that you've been doing? It really goes along with everything that we've talked about so far and it is called Yes the Fuck You Can. Yes the Fuck You Can is my newest presentation series and training series. Goes with everything in a dealership and it goes with goal setting, but it's really about getting out of your own way. So Yes, the fuck you can started as a goal setting strategy with a dealership that I was working with recently uh, on high performance culture, on increasing sales, increasing business, increasing engagement inside of a CRM, putting in processes and getting people to talk to you. And I had so many young women and so many young men say, but I'm not like you. It's not going to work for me. And I was like, man, if you even knew that I am either all the way on point or a complete hot mess train wreck, you would be able to relate so much, like between so much to me. And so this year, my focus is showing other people a true, genuine, authentic self, what that looks like and how they can make a change so that they can hit success in any level that they want to. And I'm super excited about it. It's a really powerful presentation and it features women in our industry, men in our industry, and then strong, powerful people from outside of it, whether they're in automotive or they're scientists and how they share how they got to where they are. And it ends with a goal setting strategy of truly deciding what you wanna do and how you hold yourself accountable for it. And so I'm super excited about it. I I really think sometimes, like I get up, it's so funny, I get up on stages, I'm a, I'm a really extroverted person. That does not mean I don't no, get nowhere. <laughs> hey, let's be best friends, I love it. But also every single time I get on a stage, I'm terrified every single time. And from the very first time and people were like, oh, I bet it's so easy for you. And it wasn't easy for me. And it still isn't easy for me because every single time I stand in front of somebody, everything about me is tore apart. Mm -hmm. What what are the numbers that I do? What are the things that I say? 
it, can I prove it? Can I do this? Can I do that? And I know that it feels that way for everybody else. And what I really want people to know is if you decide you want to do something, yes, the fuck you can. You just need to get out of your own way, set a true goal, find something that inspires you, build a tribe and have accountability. And that is nowhere near as hard as it sounds, except accepting the feedback that you're going to receive. That's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. my, my story did not start where like I was born into automotive. I was a 17 year old mom. I had a child right when I turned 18. I moved out of my parents' house. I lived in a trailer park that I couldn't afford. I worked three jobs and I went to college at the same time. I was a bartender. The first stroller that my ex-husband and I bought, a $15 stroller, we saved up for it for three and a half weeks. I worked in somebody's backyard in a, in a trailer in their backyard selling like mechanical oil over the phone and in a boudoir studio selling photographs by no means should I be able to stand in front of anybody and spread a message? By all means, I should have been a statistic, but I'm not because all the way along the way, that wasn't who I wanted to be and everything was working towards something greater. And I want people to understand that it's not just the reasoning for how I became who I am. It's that everybody else can do it too. Mm -hmm. right? Everybody has a good message to share. And sometimes we just forget to stand up and say it. We let our brain stop us and go, that's not important enough. We don't raise our hand in a meeting. We don't speak up. We think that what we have to say might not have value. And by the time you're done deciding if it has value, it's too late. Yep. So I really, really want people to understand that the growth in their career is entirely up to you. Yeah. So I'm super pumped about it. Uh, and I'm going to be doing that. I've submitted it for digital dealer and I haven't gotten an acceptance letter yet back. I'm hoping that I do, but if not, everybody feel free to message digital dealer and tell them. Uh, yes. yes. Right. Uh, and utilize that. But I mean, the, that's part of it, though, right, is asking the people around us to support us and to share our wins and to cheerlead us on so that we do the same thing for them. I love that. So so and I may have missed it, but when are you ro rolling this out officially? So I'm going to be at Women in Automotive up and coming and I'm hosting a panel there and I'm doing private groups for this. I want feedback from people so that it's really coming from them, real stories. Uh, and real things that have worked for them. So I'm going to start start with that. Then in August, I'm speaking at Search Lab Digital's uh, Ignition Automotive Conference. It's a no vendor, only dealers, one day, five handpicked speakers kind of conference. And we're talking about AI there. And then right after that, so I'm hoping beginning of September, I'm going to roll that out as my one year like world tour of like, this is this is what it is. And we can incorporate everything that we already train on into it. Like do you want to improve the CRM process? Yes, the fuck you can. Do you want to be better at BDC? Yes, the fuck you can. Do you want to be a better leader? Yes, the fuck you can. And it's going to fit into the exact goals and alignment that people have and how we do. I love that. I'm yeah. so excited. All Me right, too. Bobby, where can people reach you at? Where can people get a hold of you if they wanted to? So um, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of because my cell phone number is public. So I always tell everybody, if you just Google my name, it comes right up, but it's 989. Right here as well. You put it on your yeah, 9945. I do tell everybody this. My voicemail, it's full. You can't leave me a message because I don't check voicemails. My email is checked by my um, keeper of the bees, Chelsea, who's my admin. She's the one who keeps posting on good stuff uh, instead of me. Like I keep it for tracking, but I only check email at night once or twice. So I tell everybody, just text me. If you really want to get my attention, make a video and text it to me. But you can find me on Facebook, on LinkedIn. I mean anywhere. And I'm a hundred percent always willing to collaborate with anybody 
the one precaution I give is this, and I tell everybody this, and I suggest that everybody do the same thing. This is going to sound really selfish, but it's the truth, right? Just because somebody messages me does not mean that I'm going to be available to answer them right then. I'm going to try. It might be a day or two. So look, if you message me and I don't message you back and you need something, be like, hey, need you for this. I will step out and pick up the phone. When I'm in dealerships, I take everybody's phones away, including my own, so that it doesn't mess up anybody's mindset. And so sometimes I don't see it till the evening. Sometimes I'm getting on a plane and Wi-Fi didn't work and a text doesn't come through. Yeah, Jenna is a master at hunting me down. <laughs> but there's something in our society and in our industry that says like, you have to be available to everybody all the time. And that's not fair to you. When I'm spending time with somebody, whether it's a client, somebody I'm mentoring, my family, I shut my stuff off and I tell everybody up front, do not ever hesitate to message me twice. It doesn't bother me. I appreciate it. Because if I walk out of the meeting, there's 500 red dots. I don't want to miss you, but I want to respect your time the same way. So you can send me a message and say, hey, can we chat? And if I don't answer you within like 24 hours, be like, yo, or a question mark, or like, hey, I need you for this. And I will step out and call you. But I found that when I almost died, I found that I had to start to put me as a human first and my needs before anything else. And because I do that, I think it makes me stronger for the people that I work with and mentor. Right. So that's how you get a hold of me. And then our website is thebeesneesagency.com. It's just a one-page landing page uh, that you can book a time to talk to me at at any time. If you hit me up on Facebook, Chelsea will see it and she'll schedule time with me too. So it's a lot of, it's a lot. <laughs> if there was um, anything that you could give um, to somebody up and coming, especially a young woman, but anybody um, in the industry, what piece of advice would you give them? I would tell you that nobody else has the ability to shape your future but you. And that when somebody tells you to sit down and shut up, you should stand up and be louder. That it doesn't matter. Your message is as important as anybody else's. And most people that are trying to stop you aren't doing it for the right reason. They're doing it because they themselves think that vulnerability is a weakness and they're scared. And so if you, if you don't shut up and if you really in that moment share what's important to you, even if you fear the judgment of it, if you just share that information and you stand up and do what you want to, it'll change your whole life. I think, uh, and I know I've said this a couple of times, but I really cannot stress to anybody how important it is that the people that you surround yourself with lift you and hold you accountable, uncomfortable or not. That's so important. We are not capable in our own brain, in our own mind of ourselves, of being the very best version of ourselves without having somebody to help us lift in the moments that we can't. It's not fair to yourself to do that. So best friends are key. I'll tell you that right now. Like I couldn't live without mine. She's changed my whole world and I wouldn't trade her for anything. I don't even let her have other best friends. I have a whole tribe of best friends and she's just got me. <laughs> I tell everybody up front, like, you're not gonna be your best friend. You guys can be friends. But that one. <laughs> it's a running joke with everybody. Really. <laughs> oh, I love that. We had a we had a running joke one time about um the one time I had another friend. It was a running joke around the office about, about I made Jessica. I her. made one joke about killing her, <laughs> joking, totally jokingly, and all of a sudden yeah. I became the most possessive best friend, and like everybody thought I was insanely <laughs> obsessive over <laughs> Shasta. Totally um, fine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know why I'm like this with my best friend, and I and I think it's like this too, is that I can control the way that I react and how I make her feel about things, but I can't control the hurt that somebody else might deliver to her. And I don't want her to love anybody with the same vulnerability as me and, and have to take that on. And that is a selfish approach. And I do not care. <laughs> I just, I don't care. So I support you as a matter of fact, like everyone in my tribe and I have a thing that we do together. Like Ashley Mayberry, 
who's one of my best friends in my tribe, we always wash our faces together. We lived together for a while and every night we'd wash our face together. Or Kimberly Cowan, we, uh, Hot Pockets, eating Hot Pockets together was our thing. And so it's a running joke that like, she can't eat Hot Pockets with anybody else, right? <laughs> and, she, and somebody can't wash their face with anybody else. And is it mean that they really can't? No, but it's a running joke and kind of an I love you through a message. So at Digital Dealer last year, April Rain, who I just adore, was hanging out with Kimberly. She generated, she didn't even AI generate it because it was before that she made an image of them eating a Hot Pocket and posted it and was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? But it's okay. It's okay to accept who you are as a person, even if it's not what other people want you to be. And even if it's something that you're working to improve, it's okay to accept that about yourself and to know it. And that will help you be more conscious of the moments where that happens. So I support you in this. I'll get you a BFF bracelet to give to her. And like, if you need a body head, call me and just say heart. I'll be fine. There you go. Yeah, I got you covered. We're working on all the, uh, I don't have anything right now because it's yeah. all coming in, but we're working on all the uh, the podcast swag that will be like, I've got, I found, oh, my phone was on tape. I was like, what's that noise? But I, I found a, a phone case that's like podcast colors. It's yes. hard to tell, but it's blue and pink. That's amazing. And she got that in front of in front of the, sorry, awesome. the face, but in front of the I'm mirrored here. So trying to figure out which direction. <laughs> I'm not an idiot, I promise. <laughs> You're not. No, but you know what's funny? That magnet on the back of your pop socket. Oh, is order stickers for that. Order I tell salespeople to order why choose me stickers, but you order your your podcast website and put it on it. And every time you take a selfie and every time you stand Sunday in front of an audience or you do that, you will be marketing organically what you're doing. I have one on the way right now. Um, and we might even uh, make them available for sale. I'll see if you guys can see it. I'll, I'll hold it up to the screen of, um, what we have on the way. They're just for me right now, <laughs> but these are well, the, yeah, exactly. the pop sockets that are on the way that for that's awesome. They're horrible quality in this, in this image, but there we go. I but, love that. So we'll see how they look in person, but um, I'm hoping they will be here before I go to Florida next week. That would be nice. So yeah, I want one. I would walk around with it on there for you. I'm very, I'm very sure. So I'm hoping that the quality is good because I, this is my fidget. I sit here and play with this all day yeah. long. So I'm glad this is a thing because I, I play with it like crazy. Uh, I do the same thing. Mine is like right here and it's the same <laughs> concept. I currently, I just broke my phone a couple days ago, shocker, and oh. have to get new stickers on mine. But it's the same concept. You have to have a fidget. You have to have things to play with. And then, I mean, we put our phones upside down every time where we go somewhere. We're in a meeting. We're somewhere. We put them upside down. And it really just says back to somebody what you think about yourself or a positive affirmation. That's important to put on the back of it, too. Mm -hmm. I myself am sticker obsessed. I'm still like I'm 14 with Lisa Frank and out of control. Stickers live everywhere in my planner, <laughs> everywhere in my house. It's an out of control situation. Here too. I was so bad. I wish I could. I might be able to take a picture of it really fast and show you guys, but... Oh no! Let me hold. On. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this real quick. You have to. See yeah, it. I want to see. Robin's desk. Oh gosh. Robin's desk is covered in stickers. I have a SCP sticker on the back of my laptop, actually. Oh, do you still? Conference. Yep. So this is this is Robin's desk. I love that. There are stickers everywhere. So she is also sticker, sticker obsessed. obsessed. Um, so everywhere we go, if we find stickers, we get her stickers. Also, so, we can't end this show today without at least shouting I, out happy I was going birthday to, to Robin. I, I was going birthday? To it is her birthday. Oh, yeah. happy birthday. I was going to the birthday. beginning and I we got into it so I fast. Know. So, <laughs> yes, if you're still here watching, 
throw a happy birthday in the comment for Miss Robin Willison. Yes, and it is her birthday today. Yes, it is her birthday. She is um 30 today, so forever 30. I like it. Did she ever tell you guys about uh I love her to pieces, but did she ever tell you guys the first time I ever met her was with Beverly? <laughs> and the next year she oh, was like she was talking about her husband. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I have heard that story. I don't think I knew it was you. No, that's totally me. I was convinced the whole year. I was like, we're celebrating pride. We're going places. We're doing stuff. And I was like, that's how you know you have a good best friend when everybody thinks that they're truly your partner. So, but yeah, happy birthday. Birthdays are my favorite thing ever. I celebrate my birthday for an entire month. I don't even care. And it's my favorite. So this, this one, I was almost not going to be able to make it to NIADA. And this one was more offended that I wasn't going to be there for her birthday. My 30th, the, my 30th birthday in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> then the fact that I just wasn't going to be there at the conference with her. <laughs> <laughs> so good news. We'll be at NIADA. Yes. <laughs> NIADA. And we're so excited. And it'll be my dirty 30. So. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Well, if you need off-screen tips for dirty 30 in Vegas, let me know. Uh, Jenna actually could give you some. We did hers there. Uh, I don't know if it was your 30th, but it felt like it. And it was definitely Dirty Vegas style. So it was super fun. I hate you gotta, it. You got to just do it the whole month. If you celebrate it the whole month, nobody ever misses it. Yeah. Just every day, whole month, every day is your birthday. Yeah, exactly. I hate that it's the same time as Women in Automotive because we're missing so many people. I know. I wish you guys were coming, but what a smart choice to go to NIADA. The, that's going to be a great audience and it'll be good for you guys. I mean, you could always jump from there to Women in Automotive. I think it's one extra day. And That's just um, but it's just a quick flight. It's no big deal. It's just a quick flight. Share a room with somebody. It's totally fine. Yeah, Rob's will be there. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be it'll be fine. You're welcome to crash in my room. I mean, I snore and talk in my sleep, but I'll get you headphones. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> we got this. Party, party yeah. all night. Yeah. 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 I like it. All right. Well, I guess it's time to wrap it up. Bobby, we have thoroughly enjoyed you coming on the show. We appreciate you. Thank we you. absolutely loved everything that you had to say, and we cannot wait to see you roll out the yes, the fuck you can. And we're so excited about that for you, Bobby. Thank you. And I'm, I want to tell you guys, I mean, I know I've told you this before. I'm so happy for you. So proud of you that you get to do this together in the business and in this podcast and that you took a leap of faith and are bringing people on and, and giving the industry something to look at that shines. That's really big deal. So make sure you celebrate that all the time. Thank yes, you. Thank it is you so, so much. much fun. And we are having a blast and, getting to um, meet all of the amazing people yep. that we are and getting to hear from um, the the new voices. I mean, even the the new people that we've had in the comments here today that we haven't had a chance to hear from yet. And the, the you know, the young lives in the industry that we get to impact is amazing. And the reason why we decided right. to do this. So absolutely. Well, and for my audience, I'll leave you guys with this. If you guys have not met Justin Shasta yet, they run one of the most successful outsourced BDCs in the country. And people think because they're young, they don't know what they're doing. But if they didn't, I wouldn't be on the show right now. So definitely suggest that you follow the link tree and schedule a conversation. Thank Thanks you. so much, Bobby. All right. It's time to wrap it up. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. Because you never know what battle someone else is facing this week. So whenever you go out into the world, remember to light it up. We've been the Chicks in Charge. And I'm Jess. I'm Shasta. And we hope that you guys have a great week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.